0: Jesus' name, one God, apostolic, Pentecostal tonight. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Praise God. Hey. And then how they it, do it.
1: Hey. Praise God.
0: If I do that, man, I don't know, it might be the Holy Ghost. It might just be me, but I felt so. Man, what a wonderful time it's been in the house of God here in Bakersfield. Man, what a wonderful, wonderful privilege it's been. Amen. I give honor to the Bradford family, Frost family, and uh, this wonderful church. And everything that is going on here in Bakersfield. Praise the Lord. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Matthew chapter 8. five. Amen. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, Amen. There came unto him a centurion a soldier, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. This man was in a, a bad situation. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled, said to them that followed, Verily, truly, certainly, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Somebody say great faith. Somebody say exceeding faith. That's my title tonight, exceeding faith. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the word of God in the name of Jesus. Someone say, speak to my heart, Lord. In the name of Jesus, speak, Lord. Illuminate our minds and our hearts The spirit of faith. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we rebuke all fear, doubt, and unbelief. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful God. I, uh, amen. I was getting ready for tonight, and the Lord had begun to remind me about some things uh, in just years past that, uh, personal things that happened in my life and, and uh, I remember I remember being at a church and uh, I remember uh, for some reason at this particular church uh, once again there was uh, it seemed like the majority uh, of the men in that church uh, had several uh, roofing businesses and uh, construction businesses, and siding and uh all that all of that and and uh and it was it was several business owners and uh for some reason <clears throat> in that particular area uh there was uh, it was just a drought. I don't know what caused it, but I, I know that man men it just seemed like men struggling, you know, finances, and uh, I remember preaching there a few times, and I just remember feeling the pressure and um you know just some of the stress and uh, you know, seeing men with families and their kids and uh, hardworking men, you know, faithful men, good men, real men. Somebody say amen. Uh, let me just segue from that real fast and, and let you know I believe the world is looking for real men. I mean, it's easy to go get drunk and go get high and, And and fall off the stool and and be be missing for three or four days and your family needs to be, anybody can go do that. It takes a real man. That even though I'm going through struggles and I'm going through trials, amen, I'm still getting dressed Sunday morning. I'm still getting the family and we're still going to go to the house of God. Do I got any help in the house? Talking about a real man. You know, Jesus Christ was a real man hallelujah. He was a man of discipline, a man of responsibility. Amen. He was a, a man whose habit was going to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for real men. You see all these men in the house tonight, that's real men. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you Jesus. And, and uh, I remember these men and for some reason my heart just uh, uh, went out to them that particular service and and uh, I remember, you know, this, I guess hearing it through the grapevine of uh, all of the, uh, the financial things that were going on. And, uh, and I, I believe that God, I read in the Bible over and over again that my God shall supply all of your needs. Not some of your needs, not most of your needs, not many of your needs, but my God, this is what Paul said, my God Shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. He owns all the cattle, all the gold and the silver on a thousand hills. Amen. You've heard all of these before, but I just want to remind you that your God will supply all of your needs according to his riches, not your riches. Our riches are temporary. Our riches have a boundary. Our riches have a limit. But when we go to the source of the Father and the treasury of Almighty God, He said, I'll supply all of your needs. And He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly all that you can ask or even think. I think it's about time we start believing in God for great things and great blessings and stop stressing and say, oh, His eye is on the sparrow. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Faith. And uh, I just believe it, man. I, I believe it. And I, maybe, it's just from, maybe it's just from evangelizing these years. Amen. I just, I just know God to be an on-time God when it comes to what his word says. And so when all of these troubles happen, man, I don't go grab all of these, these books on how to get rich in 60 days and all those things. I just go to the word of God. Hey, listen, save yourself ten ninety nine and a coupon from Barnes and & Nobles and just go to the Word of God. Amen. <laughs> hey, and I remember that service, man, preaching, and all of a sudden, it's just like a wind blew in. And I just, I don't know, sometimes when the spirit of faith comes over you, it just, you just do crazy stuff. And I just, I just felt it. And God said, have every man, have the women come up, bring their purses and their wallets, and have them lift them up before me. And I'm like, Lord, you better do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because in my mind, I thought if nothing happens, man, they'll be waiting for me after service. Like, there he is, get him. <laughs> oh, yeah, preacher, man. Ugh. And, uh, man, we came, and, and, and they, they brought wallets, and they brought purses. And, man, I tell you, they brought their children, people praying. It was, it was a stressful time. It was just a drought in that area. And I watched men pull out wallets, and I watched strong, heavy-handed men begin to weep. And begin to tremble and begin to cry, and I thought, man, you could feel the love of God reaching. And I, I remember one one man; he was praying so hard, uh, he started popping blood vessels in his eyes. It was the stress and the tension, but he was giving it all to God, and it was it was a, it was a miraculous thing to see. And, and we prayed and we shouted, brother, and we and we danced. And, and you know, service was over, and I said, "You believe God can do it? He's the one that brings the rain." He's the one that brings the rain. book of Hebrews says the earth drinketh in the rain, and it brings forth blessings for those. Amen. And, and I remember uh, a couple of days later, that was on a Sunday, and so it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Amen. And I uh, got a phone call. One of the men from the church was in the hospital, and, uh, you know, can you go visit him? So I went up to go visit him, and, um, and so I was there. And uh, you know, I was kind of doing a little bit of studying there. He was something had happened to him, and he was plugged up to all these machines. And and uh, you know, the, you could hear the the dark room, and and uh, he's just laying there, and you know, praying for him, praying the family and everything. And and uh, I remember being up there. It was uh, like the fourth floor of that hospital. And uh, I remember I said, well, you know, and, um, I, I had talked with the, the the man before, and and I thought to myself, well, I'll, I'll stay up here for a while. And and I remember. Um, after after several after several uh, few hours, um, he kind of woke up, and I went over to the bed, and I remember talking to him. And this particular man owned a, a roofing company himself, and um, he had uh, 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 you know had a big family, beautiful family, and um, he was one of the ones that came up to the front. And I remember just talking to him, and uh, and I remember hearing something. Man, it seemed like something was tapping on the window, fourth floor. And I remember, man, it just kept tapping, kept tapping. And finally, after a few minutes, it just kept getting louder and louder until finally it sounded like somebody was taking a baseball, just thumping them against the against the window. It was happening within just a few minutes. And, and I remember him kind of sitting up saying, what is that? I said, man, I don't know. And, and I remember walking over to the fourth floor window, and I remember seeing just hail the size of little baseballs just hitting everything. I mean, it just, hailed just hitting And I mean, just coming, and I watched the wind, and for about 30, 45 minutes, this just ungodly wind, the cloud, the sky, just dark, and I mean, just hail, hail, just tearing up everything, and wind, and gust of winds, and finally, after about 40 minutes, it just subsided, and uh, I remember uh, about an hour later, same thing, this time even more heavy, just hail and rain and wind, and it was ripping the siding off of houses and ripping off roofs, and it was tearing churches up. And I mean, it was, uh, it, man, it was some roofs, it was such gust of wind, it was ripping whole roofs off. Well, you know, if you're a roofer, that's like cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And 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 all of a sudden, it happened three times in one night, three times. And when it was said and done, and that local paper in that city, they said this has been one of the biggest hailstorms in almost a hundred years. And every roofing, siding, construction owner in that church had so much work. Matter of fact, it was so much work there was people there were there were. Teams and roofing companies and and construction companies that were coming up from over a thousand miles away. So much work in that city. And it wasn't just in the city, it was in surrounding areas. And and you say, well, man, maybe that was a circumstance. But I say, no, maybe that was faith on a Sunday night. Maybe that was God looking at the needs of his people and saying, you know, I'm going to do something unusual because you had faith. Amen, because the Bible says that it's faith that pleases God. It's the impossibilities that please God. It's the mountains that please God. What pleases God is when you see this insurmountable problem that nobody else can take care of, but you stand in front of the mountain and you say, you know what, God, I'm still trusting you that you can either move me or you can move the mountain. But when it's said and done, God, I believe in your word and I trust in your word and I lean upon the word of God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. One one thing that displeases God is is, is, is when we are overcome by fear. And by doubt and by unbelief. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm reminded of a story in the Bible. Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, we are going to the other side. Somebody say, I've got a word. That was the word from the Lord. I'm going to get you to your destination. I am in control of the ship. I am in control of your life. I am in control of the storm. I am in control of your future. Now let's ride. That's all you got to do, just ride. And in the middle of the trip, the Bible says the rain begin to pick up and the winds begin to blow. And the waves begin to roar. And 12 men that were accustomed to the waves of the sea begin to be troubled. And they begin to be uh, anxious and fretful. And the Bible says Jesus was asleep on the boat. And watch it now. Because they go to him in the middle of the storm. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Watch this lesson now. And they wake him up and they say, Master, carest thou not that we perish and he wakes up he comes upon the deck and he rebukes the storm he speaks to the wind he calms the raging sea and he calms the waves you ready for this? and he looks at his disciples and says why are you so fearful? where is your faith? now this perplexes me because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Go to Jesus in the middle of the storm when you need help. Can I get an amen? I thought that that's what you're supposed to do when, when you got a storm coming and you got things raging. And, man, you go to Jesus. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But he says, your approach will determine the outcome. Oh God. You ready for this? Because fear and faith operate on the same plane. And God will answer your prayers according to fear. But you don't want that because you will learn to keep fearing he said when you come to me I want you to believe that I'm able that I'm all-powerful that I have the ability and I don't want you in fear I don't want you fretting I don't want your Bible says be anxious for nothing hey man I don't want you worried I don't want you trouble that's what you call exceeding faith that God I may not feel it I may not see it I may not understand it but I got it in your word you said we're going to the other side I refuse to be afraid I refuse to to be troubled. I refuse. Somebody say exceeding faith. Amen. Jesus. He looks at faith when he began to, at one point he began to rebuke the rebuke the Pharisees. He called them, he called them hypocrites. And and you know, and, you know, Jesus could be straightforward at times. Whew. And he says, he started talking about, ready for this, weightier matters of the law. He said, tithing is not a weighty matter of the law, though you must do it in obedience to God. Matthew 23, 23, but he said, when it comes to weighty matters, heavy things in God important things, things that move God, things that are influential in the spirit, things that have the ability to change environments and dimensions. He says there's going to be justice, which means fairness. Mercy is a weighty matter. And he said faith is a weighty thing in the eyes of God. This is why the devil comes and he tries to stir up doubt and fear and unbelief. Amen. The Bible says fear hath torment, oh praise God, fear will torment you, when you're getting ready to leap in faith, that's when fear comes, and all of a sudden, he starts talking you down, and fear starts bringing up all of the stories, that all the times, quote unquote, God has failed you, but like Job said, though God slay me, yet. I'm going to trust in his word. He said, if I've esteemed his word more than my necessary food. You want to know how Job made it through the storm? Amen. He had exceeding faith standing upon the word of God. You want to know how Job made it through all of the bad reports and, and all of the negativity? He had exceeding faith because he stood upon the word of God. It will make the devil mad. Get you a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. You want to make God glad, you just remind him, God, I'm not going to fret about it. I'm not going to worry about anything because I already got your word of promises. Oh, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Man, I'm telling you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith. Oh, hallelujah. But without faith. It is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is. You ready for this? He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. You know what that knocks out? Knocks out condemnation. and knocks out the feeling that God, I'm not worthy of this miracle. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek what? You diligently seek a promise for your own life. He's a rewarder of it. He said, if you can find it in my word, I'll grant it unto you. I'll give it to you. God, I read, I read it in your word that you're a healer. I read it in your word that you are a provider. So I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fret about it. I'm not going to be anxious about it. Amen. I'm talking about exceeding faith. It's when you stand upon the word of God and say, Lord, you wrote, you wrote it in your word. I'll stand upon your word. Oh, hallelujah. The centurion said, I've got a problem. Hey Amen. This man had issues. He said, I've got a servant in my, in my, in my home that's paralyzed and he's tormented by spirits believe if you would have went to this man's home by the time you got a block away you would have heard somebody wailing and crying amen somebody in anguish and torture man what's going on in that home that's the Centurion's home he's got problems in his home amen that, that reminds me of some of us that reminds me of America that reminds me of the world amen you're talking about people that got problems in their home amen I'm battling up here I've got issues up here amen what do you do you go find the mighty God and he'll come to your home. And he will perform a miracle in your life. How many know him to be a miracle worker? Say, man, I've got trouble in my home. I've got trouble in my mind. I've got trouble at the workplace. Well, I know a mighty God that's on his way to your address. And he's ready to perform. Oh, clap your hands and say, you can do it, God. I I, 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 mean... You start reading between the lines in this story. It doesn't say anything about this man's uh, quality of character, his personality, how good he was, how bad he was. Jesus just said, I'm coming. Because he looks for impossibilities. I feel the holy. He looks for trouble. He looks for upheaval. And he says, I can do it. Amen. you just got to have faith. uh, And I'm able to calm the raging sea. Faith is a mentality. Faith is saying, man, I don't understand it, but I know he's able. You know what it does? It makes God start to smile. Hallelujah. Because if it's impossible without faith, it is impossible to please God. But with faith, it's possible to please him. Because faith pleases God. And Jesus told the centurion, he said, I'm coming to your place. Amen. I don't know what was going on in this man's mind, but he said, "Listen, I'm not worthy for you to come. I'm not worthy for you to be there." Boy, do we all feel like that at times. Jesus knew this man. Watch it now. And the man said something that changed almighty God in fleshes he he said but speak the word only he didn't ask for no sign he didn't ask for a double confirmation he didn't go get his sheepskins and start fleecing God which is nothing wrong with that if you want to do that he said you know what Your word is powerful. Just speak the word. Mm. A lot of of people preach the submission part, and I believe all that was part of it, but I believe what made him marvel was when he looked at him and said, I know your word, and you just speak your word. Because if you just speak your word, he said, I know it will come to pass. That's called, that's called faith, friend. Mm-mm. There wasn't no emotion to it. Nobody had to pump him full of faith. I mean, nobody had to come down and start dancing in front of him. Nobody had to come to him and say, thus saith the Lord God is going to do XYZ A B C. No, no, nobody had to go and prime him he said you just speak the word because I know your word is true See, we live in a sensational environment and I've, some, some America has to be pumped up and she's got to be primed up and she's got to be reaffirmed and reaffirmed and reaffirmed but this man said you speak your word that's all I need and I have learned brother Like David encouraged himself in the Lord because I have learned that what pleases God is when I can find it in the word of God for myself and I'm saying, God, I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on the scripture right here and that's called exceeding faith. Amen. It shakes the kingdom of hell and it shakes the kingdom of heaven when you stand upon God's word and say, God, this is your love letter to me. I've got it in the word. You said that you would be there. You would never leave us. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Woo! Hear me. I believe that God is looking for people in the last day. Amen. That's not driven by emotionalism. That's not driven by every wind of doctrine. Amen. But stands upon the word of God and says, you know, I'm sick in my body, but he's still a healer. Amen. I'm struggling financially, but he's still a provider. Where do you get that faith? I get it from the word of God. God spoke it. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. God because I you know people get to struggle and and man I'm going through this I'm going through that have you been in the word of God where's your faith watch it now because where there is no faith there's fear and fear hath torment you say where are you getting this preacher now faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen Rebaid, the elders, ready for this? They obtained a good report because they heard a word, brother, and they took the word. And that's how they saw the promised land and came back with a good report. Because faith will direct and govern your perception about God's power. And it's an insult to God. That is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And we struggle and say, God, you can't do it. He said, Oh, I can do anything, everything. Mm. He said, God, but the doctor's report, that's all right. He's still able. But God, I'm going through the trial. That's all right. He's still able. But God, but God, but God. Yeah, but God. He's still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Where'd you get it from? I got a word from the Lord, and I stand upon the word of God. Watch him now. Here, here it is. Through faith, we understand. That the world was framed by a song. That the world was framed by shouting and dancing. That the world was framed by T.D. Jake saying, Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Brother T.D. fakes. Watch, watch, watch. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That the things which are seen were not, were not made. But the things, watch this, watch this. It says, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God took nothing and he made something. The first message ever preached in the Bible was faith that I could take nothing and I can make it something, that I can take a nobody and I can turn him into a somebody, that I can take a dark situation, and I can turn it into a situation, a blessing, that I can take a drunk and a druggie, and I can turn him into a singer and a preacher. I'm standing on the word of God for the miracle. Just speak the word. And he marveled. You mean I found one that believes in just my word? Hey Amen. He ain't got to massage him all the time. You don't, to, you don't have to coax him. You don't have to keep giving. Him. He said, just speak your word. Everything will be all right. He said, this is called great faith. When you receive receive the principle and the concept that even in the beginning, amen, God just spoke the word and things begin to form and things begin to produce and things begin to create. Out of nothingness, out of the darkness, God begins to manifest his power and he's still able to do it for you. Amen, God can still heal. God can still feel. God can still thrill. God is still powerful. Man. That word. That's why the devil don't want you with that word. What are you going right through right now? You know what you need to do? You need to find the word of God. Amen. You need to find a word. He says he already spoke it. I'm standing on the word of God. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord.
1: <laughs> Woo!
0: I remember one time I was, man, I was preaching at a church, a man came up to me, and he had a handkerchief in his hand, he said, uh, he said, will you pray for this, and, uh, I said, yeah, thought about, you know, maybe opening up, maybe a hundred dollar bill fall out, but yeah, nothing that day, praise God, and I was just it. and, uh, I said, yeah, I'll pray for it, and he said, um, he said, the reason why I want you to pray for this, he said, this is for my wife, he said, the reason why I want you to pray for this, he said, uh, he said, he said, "I had a, I had a tumor uh, that was growing on my face, a man that had already been examined, cancerous tumor on my face." He said, "But when you got up there today and you begin to preach about faith," he said, "all of a sudden he said, he said something slipped off of my face." He said, on the floor and he said that cancerous tumor had fallen off of my face. Amen. I'm telling you, it's, it's not in man. Amen. It's in his word. Amen. I'm talking about a God that says, I know, I know you're going through some troubles. I know that there's, I know, this is what Paul told the church. He said, listen, he said, when I was going through my temptation of my flesh, the word temptation means when I was going through the disease of my flesh, He's saying, you didn't reject me. This is Paul that laid hands on the sick, that raised the dead, but he still had to go through some diseases of his flesh. Amen. But true faith, it means when, when not only when God doesn't say it, when it seems like God hasn't fulfilled his promises. True exceeding faith means, God, even if you don't heal me, I've read it in the word of God and I'm still going to believe it even for somebody else. Somebody say faith substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen you know what real faith is brother it's the word of God it's the word this right here everything rides upon the rails of God's word amen and so my son is born, amen, almost two years ago. And, amen, we so excited, and I'm closing, so excited, amen, so, so expected, this beautiful miracle that God has given us. And the day came, amen, going to the hospital, the excitement, the, the jitters, and we get up, get up there, we check in. And uh, everything, getting everything situated and nurses and doctors and all those different things and sign this and going here and there and and three, four hours, amen. Something just starts to feel a little uneasy and something just starts to feel a little bit uh, not right. And I remember, uh, I remember, you remember, it was a particular moment in the middle of the night, this evil, dark presence walked into the hospital room, And I looked at my wife, I said, did you feel that? She said, yes. And I said, oh boy, what's going on? And for the next almost 12, 13 hours, struggle and pain. There was this feeling of hopelessness, darkness. And uh, she would wake up, have dreams of having a stillborn and having uh, just death and this, this the spirit that seemed to come out of nowhere, unexpected, began to rattle us. And man, I remember it just, and, and finally the baby's born, and he, he's not breathing. God, what's going on? Amen. And all of a sudden I see the panic on the doctor's face. And this special team comes in and he and he won't eat. And there's this paddle, and finally he's breathing a little bit. And and you got to go to the NICU. And you got to go to the children's hospital. And, and and this pressure and this this terror and this fright and this battle, this this spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief begins to grip our family. People call and everything's going to be all right, but man, this, this dark battle of fear and doubt and unbelief. And man, I read it with God. I just and I go to the church and uh, my little boy is in the, in the hospital, and I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to uh, somehow get some peace, trying to get some tranquility, trying to get some type of balance out of God, where are you? Why are you doing this to me? Anybody ever been there? God, what's going on? And and when finally, after after several days, after about a week in the NICU, and I mean it was the trial of our life. And, and man, my wife would wake up in the middle of the night, and this spirit would literally grip her and shake her in the bed, and, and she would lose breath, and she would have these chills and fever, and and I woke up many nights and I heard her walking around, praying, trying to pray through this thing. And, and rattling her spirit, rattling her faith, and God, what is going on, Where where's this stuff come from, and uh, one month went on, and my pastor come down to California, and, and uh, we went out to eat with him, Pat, what's going on, we, we, have we done something wrong, uh, you know, when, when, when your faith is rattled, and fear, and doubt, and unbelief begins to take hold of you, God, what's going on, did, did what, 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 you can't, you, you seem to be in the middle of the storm, and, and uh, I remember praying, and my pastor said, said, you know, I saw, he said, I want you to pray. He said, he said, um, he said something that was unusual. He said, when I prayed, he said, I, I saw an old adobe house. He said, and I think it's connected to a spirit from generations past. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. Are you sure? I mean, you know, I'm just, I I'm, had been going through it for over a month. I'm just... Man, I, would, my, I was wrung out. I was tired. I'm like, oh, great. You know, now, okay. I mean, what are you supposed to do with that? And so the battle continues and ensues, and, and, and the night terrors, and, and uh, visions of carnage, and, and visions of death, and a dead baby, and a uh, baby getting hit by a car, all these different torments, and fear hath torment. And uh, he said, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. And uh, and I remember that weekend. I'm like, man, I just, you know, and I, I love my pastor. I trust my pastor, but but my faith was being fought over. And I remember saying, man, I just don't know about that. I just don't know. I mean, a spirit from generations past that has come down uh, through her family lineage and, and is trying. It was a spirit of death. Amen. Trying to take my spirit down and, and, uh, and be, the, be it as it may, that particular weekend, I didn't have anywhere to go preach, and so um, I remember my wife waking me up, I was half asleep, half awoke, and she said, where are we going to preach, and I just said a city, I didn't even, I was asleep, and uh, we woke up we got dressed and I went to this particular city I went to a Jesus name apostolic church never been there before uh, didn't know the pastor I just knew they preached true uh, hey, amen this is where God told me to go and so we went man we shook hands we sit there and they had a preacher from uh, from Mexico there and a uh, uh, man he was anointed from the moment he grabbed the microphone I mean the spirit of faith and power just ripped through the house and and uh, man he was preaching and all of a sudden he stopped he said listen I I'm going off my notes. He said, there's somebody here. He said, you are fighting a spirit of death that has come through a generation line, and it has come for your family. I looked at my wife. I said, man, he's talking to you. I'm like, brother, just read the mail and paid for the stamps. And I, I mean, you talk about thankful. It was, he said, but God in this service, God is going to break the power of that spirit. And I'm telling you, God stepped in. I got a word that day. God stepped in, brother, and when I got that word, I said, devil, no more of this. I got a word from God. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful for a word? You can stand on the word day or night. You can stand on the word in the middle of the storm, in the middle of darkness. You can stand on a word from God. Stand to your feet, clap your hands unto the Lord. Woo! I got a word. I've got a word. Hey man, I grew up. I grew up without a father. Hey man, but you know what? I read in that word that day. Said, "I'm gonna be your father." I said, "Man, I got a word." Amen. You might have grew up without something. You might have looked at your life and say, man, it's a life full of mess and a life full of trash and a life full of mistakes. But I come to tell you, you've got a word from God that God is able to turn it around, that God is able to build you a miracle, that God is able to do good and blessings for you. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. It's called faith. Faith. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Can I be honest? My my Bible devotion hadn't always been on point. You go through seasons, ups and downs. But you know what changed it for me? So about three or four years, or three or four months after this breakthrough. Hey Amen. That spirit showed back up. The shaking, the terrors. And I went to praying. I mean, I went to praying. God, what is this? What do we do? How do we beat this thing? This thing seems to be stronger than what I've expected. Here's what changed me. Here's what changed my whole life. One night, you got to hear this. True story. We've been praying, fasting, trying to get some clarity. One night, my wife's going through another one of those things. And all of a sudden, man, a spirit appeared right before me. And he began to question me. I was right there. I was, I was right there in my bedroom. We come out of preaching. It's the middle of the night, about 2 in the morning. He stood there, glaring at me. And he began to question me. And I started to answer his question. You hear me? This is revelation. He said, I started to answer his question. He started to say, where's God at? Where's his power? I started to answer his question, and God stopped me. He said, you don't answer the questions. You ask the questions, because you are the one in authority. Yeah. Brother, here's what, this changed my faith. This changed my faith. It changed me. And I said, in the middle of him talking, I said, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I said, I said, tell me who you are. He said, I am the spirit of fear. He just looked at me. I looked at him. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I said, tell me where you're from. He said, I am from the deepest part of
1: hell
0: I'm telling you fear is not of God fear that, that poor man unbelief, doubting that comes from the pit of hell and I said I told myself I've got to get more revelation while I have the opportunity now and I said okay I said in the name of Jesus Christ I said tell me what your weakness is. Because he's got to tell us. He said, my weakness is exceeding faith. This is his weakness right here. Fear. When, When fear comes on you, You say, man, I'm feeling all types of ways and I'm feeling the winds and I'm feeling the pressure and I'm feeling the doubt and I'm feeling afraid and I'm feeling intimidated and you go to the word of God and all of a sudden, everything changes. There's no emotion. There's no pumping and priming. And I said, well... I said I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and I said I come with exceeding faith from the deepest part of heaven, and I said in the name of Jesus Christ I rebuke you forever. I said get out of my home. I said get away from my family. Shook his head, started to say something. Watch, it. he started to say something. Shook his head and he walked right out. God begin to speak to me the next several months about faith in his word. People going through the trials of their life, dialysis, doctor's appointments, surgery, pain, struggles, prescriptions, and the devil's mocking, and the devil's jeering and laughing. But you know what stops all of it? He's still a good God. still able God oh hallelujah anybody feel like trusting in him tonight say God I don't understand everything that's going on in my life God the impossibilities seem insurmountable the situation seems like there's no way out there's no way that you can change it but I stand here tonight God my emotions is telling me to fear and my mind is telling me to run and my bodies are telling me to disconnect but I'm standing on your word hadn't found so great faith no not in Israel but there's great faith here tonight somebody say Lord speak the word over my life come on speak the word I'm telling you, friend, you got more promises than what you think. Come on, you've got more blessings. Come on, there's a word for you. Come on, weeping may endure for a night. Come on, but here's your word. You ready for it? Joy, it's coming in the morning. That's a word for somebody. Amen. By tomorrow morning, your joy is gonna be knocking on your door. Come on, in the name of Jesus. His eye is on the sparrow, friend. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what fear's been saying to you and tormenting you. But you've got a word tonight from God. And he's about to do something for you on the power of his word. His word is immutable, it's unchangeable. Forever, Oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Come on, settle it with the word of God. Come on, these altars are open. Come on, why don't you come and pray? I invite you to come. Lift up your hands and say, God, I'm standing on a word. I'm standing on the promises. Come on, those old dreams and the old visions that God gave you. Come on, those old promises. Come on, your husband and your future, your marriage and your wife. God's going to take care of it. Oh, but I'm, but I, God, God's got it in control. He told you he's gonna bless your future. He told you he's gonna bless you with the family. He told you he was gonna take care of the career. He was gonna take care of your children. Come on, we're going to the other side, friend. Come on, you feel like going to the other side, Jesus. Oh, we've got a word, we've got exceeding faith tonight. As they begin to sing, I want you to lift up your faith.
1: you're gonna. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you that might not know, George is Sister Sylvia's son. Amen. Praise God. So to have George come into the house of God and... Sitting with her means a lot.